Before we begin this episode, I want to let you know that the following content contains discussion of suicide. I understand that the topic can be sensitive and triggering for some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, I strongly encourage you to reach out to a mental health profession or a trusted friend in your life. Remember, you are not alone and help is available. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Conrad Henry Roy III, reporting to you about what's going on through my mind, what's going on through my head the last few days. I've created a monster out of myself the past few years because of my depression, racing thoughts, suicidal thoughts. The hardest thing for me is to be comfortable in my own skin. Happy New Year's Donuts. This is an edit ad. I didn't know when this episode was going to air, but I I did know that I didn't want it to air in December. So yeah, I'm that auntie that gets on the floor around 9 or 10 o'clock at night, go to sleep, wake up around 2 o'clock and get back in the bed. So I never really liked New Year's Eve and all of that shooting and things. And then I just didn't trust my neighbors enough to be able to shoot in the sky and not through my windows, I'm just saying. And then I'm not feeling well, so I didn't know when this episode was going to air. So that's why my voice might sound a little strained right now, because it really is. Happy New Year's, and again, I hope it was safe coming in. Welcome back, Donuts. Welcome to another episode of Fried Dough, your weekly fix of true crime. I'm your girl, Gina. And on every episode, especially today, I always want to remind listeners that the stories that I cover on this podcast may be difficult to hear. However, it is very important to shine a light on these cases and remember the victims who were affected. So today we're talking about a very controversial topic and it's also a very controversial case. And... I just want to be the first one right now to admit that I didn't get all of the information when I heard this case break, but yet I was weighing in with my opinion and that's kind of wrong because you don't have all the facts and you, you can't have an educated opinion if you don't have all the facts and that's where I was. I thought today I was going to be able to come to the mic, give you the story and have no kind of connection to it and not really have a feeling towards this story and that's not only because I'm dead inside guys but that's because of the opinions that I formed without all of the facts but that's going to be further from the truth for today during the research getting all the facts of this case it really opened up my eyes along with reading all of the texts that they exchanged that day starting at five o'clock in the morning baby there is a special kind of evil that's out there that is actually embedded in michelle carter that they are building a special unit as we speak in hell for her right now oh my goodness all right donuts so with that being said let's just get started with this episode let's go The Michelle Carter case revolves around the tragic death of Captain Conrad Henry C3 Roy III. Conrad was an American man who died by suicide 
At the age of 18 in 2014, his girlfriend, 17-year-old Michelle Carter, had encouraged him in text messages to kill himself. The case gained widespread attention due to the unique controversial nature as it raised profound questions about influence of words and the legal boundaries of personal responsibility. This is Fright Doe, True Crime Podcast, and this is the death of Conrad Roy, manslaughter, murder, or simply suicide. Conrad Roy was born September 12, 1995 in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts. He worked with his father, grandfather, and his uncle for several years in his family's marine salvage business called Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage in the New England area. Roy had allegedly been physically hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather. He attempted suicide in October 2012 after the divorce of his parents. In the spring of 2014, he earned his captain's license from the Northeast Maritime Institute by completing three months of night classes. Roy struggled with social anxieties and depression for which he had several therapists and counselors, including a cognitive behavior therapist, in the weeks prior to his death. He had been hospitalized for antihistamine overdose at the age of 17. He was talking to a girl he met in group. He told her what he did, and she ended up calling the police to help him. That she-rose name is Ariana Taylor, and I'm going to let you hear what he told her. He didn't really, wasn't able to explain it to me in a way that I could understand, so he kind of just described it as a darkness, and how there would be times where he just kind of wanted to isolate himself from everybody. In June 2014, he graduated on the honor roll with the highest grades in the school from Old Rochester Regional High School in Mattapoisett. He was a high school athlete who played basketball, row crew, and he ran track. He graduated with a 3.88 GPA. Go ahead, boy. And was accepted to Flinchburg State University to study business. Michelle and Conrad met each other in 2012 in Florida while each were visiting relatives. After the initial encounter, they saw each other Again, a handful of times over the course of two years, despite having lived 35 miles or 56 kilometers away from each other, instead, they mostly exchanged text messages and emails. Michelle Carter was born on August 11, 1996 in Massachusetts to Gail and David Carter. She went to King Philip Regional High School in Rentham. In 2014, she was prescribed Citalopram, or also known as Celexa, to treat anxiety and depression. So she should be able to understand what Conrad was going through and be more empathetic to it. So on Saturday, June 12, 2014, following digital exchanges with Michelle Carter, Conrad Roy died by suicide by poisoning himself with carbon monoxide fumes. His black Ford F-250 was found three days later in a Kmart parking lot by Fairhaven police after Conrad's mother reported him missing. He had their gas generator running in the backseat. The following is the digital communication between Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy. These texts were hard to read and even harder to listen to. These texts start at 5 a.m. in the morning and doesn't end until his final demise.
She says, Conrad, hey, you there? He responds, hey, sorry, I fell asleep. She says, it's okay. Why haven't you done it yet, though? He says, I'm too messed up to. She says, what are you talking about? He says, my head. She says, you can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Like, I don't get why you aren't. He says, I don't get it either. I don't know. She says, so I guess you aren't going to do it then. All that for nothing. I'm just confused, like you were so ready and determined. He then responds, I am going to eventually. He then posts, I really don't know what I'm waiting for, but I have everything lined up. And he repeatedly sends this message over and over. I really don't know what I'm waiting for, but I have everything lined up. That message from Conrad Roy. Then Michelle Carter messages him, no, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. She then says, do you want to do it now? He asks, is it too late? He then says, I don't know. It's already light outside. He then says, I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. She then responds, no, it's probably the best time now because everyone's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck and no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. Now let's look at the timestamp on these six. This is July 12, 2014 at 4.33 a.m. in the morning. She then continues saying, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And you can say you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. And then she corrects herself, tonight. She then says, love you. Conrad responds with, thank you. She asks for what? He doesn't respond. She then messages him again saying, are you awake? He says, yes. She then asks, are you going to do it today? And he says, yes. She asks, like in the daytime? He says, should I? She says, yeah, it's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much, and you'll get it over with instead of waiting until the night. He then says, yeah, then I will. Like where? Like I could go in any enclosed area. Seven minutes later, she says, go in your truck and drive in a, a parking lot somewhere to a park or something. Do it now, like early. Now, at this point, it is 9.30 in the morning. He says, didn't we say that this was suspicious? She then says, no, I think night is more suspicious. A kid sitting in his car, just turn on the radio and do it. It won't be suspicious and it won't take long. He then says, all right, I'm taking Holly for a walk. She says, okay. He then says, I don't know why I'm like this. She then says, sometimes things happen and we never have the answers why. He then says, like, why am I so hesitant lately? Like two weeks ago, I was willing to try everything and now I'm worse, really bad and I'm LOL, not following through. It's eating me inside. She then responds, Michelle Carter, you're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat at you. She then follows up. You're ready and prepared and you have to do it. All you have to do is turn the generator on and you will be free and happy. No more pushing it off. No more waiting. Six minutes later, Conrad responds saying, you're right. Michelle then says, if you want it as bad as you say you do, it's time to do it today. He then responds, yep, no more waiting. 
She then says, 14 minutes later, okay, I'm serious. Like, you can't even wait till tonight. You have to do it when you get back from your walk. He says, thank you. She asks, for what? He says, for still being here. She then says, I would never leave you. You're the love of my life, my boyfriend. You're my heart. I'd never leave you. He responds with, ah, smiley face. She then responds with a smiley face as well and says, I love you. He responds with, love you too, in a very happy, smiley face. She then asks, when will you be back from your walk? He says, like five minutes. She then asks, okay, so are you going to do it? He says, I guess. She then responds, well, I want you to be ready and sure. He then just sends her a smiley face with the tongue sticking out. She asks, what's that mean, haha? And he says, four minutes later, I don't know, I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking. A few minutes later, she said, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. He then responds, I do want to, but like I'm freaking out for my family, I guess. I don't know. A few minutes later, Michelle says, Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and people will help them get through with it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much and they just do it. He then says, I know, I know, LOL. Thinking just drives me more crazy. She then responds, exactly. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. You can't keep doing this every day. He says, okay, I'm going to do it today. She then asks three minutes later, do you promise? He responds, I promise, babe. She asks, like right now? He asks, where do I go? Sad face. She then reminds him, and you can't break a promise. Just go in a quiet parking lot or something. He says, okay. I mean, really, what the fuck is wrong with her? She adds, go somewhere you know you won't get caught. You can find a place. I know you can. Eight minutes later, she asks, are you doing it now? He responds, still have no clue. She says, not finding a place to go isn't an excuse. He says, I know where to go. She asks, where? He says, a park and ride. She says, ride? He says, that's what it's called. It's like a parking lot. She then says, oh, okay, gotcha. Are you going now? He then says, either that or go to the beach. She asks, why would you go to the beach? 11 minutes later, Conrad responds saying, well, that's where my mom's going. 12 minutes later, she says, I thought you were just going to do it. 16 minutes later, Conrad says, my mom's making me go. When I get home, I'm going to do it. About 30 minutes later, she responds, okay, promise, I'm going kayaking anyways. He says, ha ha, you love kayaking. She then says, yep, something I wish we could have done. Sad face. He says, make sure you take your son kayaking.
She says, ha ha, of course I will. He says, good, what's up? She says, kayaking, ha ha. He says, still? She says, yep, but I'm done now. He then says, I love you so much. She responds, I love you forever. A few minutes later, Conrad messages her saying, I'm in the worst pain right now. Like, it's unbearable. She then says, I think it's time to do it now then. Six minutes later, he hasn't responded. She says, do you agree? Seven minutes go by again, and she follows up with Conrad. She then says, please answer me, 16 minutes later. He then responds, almost 50 minutes later, I'm still at the beach. She then says, oh, okay, sorry. Let me know when you're leaving. Conrad says, okay. It seems like in this period, they were on the phone. And at 3.34, she texts him, sorry, that was my friend who called. She wanted to know if she could borrow my bike because hers had a flat tire, haha. <laughs> Conrad responds, it's all good, don't worry about it. Then Michelle says, okay. Conrad then says, I'm determined. Michelle says, I'm happy to hear that. Conrad says, I'm ready. Michelle tells him, good, because it's time, babe, you know that. Michelle then texts him, when you get back from the beach, you gotta do it. You're ready, you're determined, it's the best time. Conrad says, okay, I will. Michelle then asks, are you back? Conrad tells her, no more thinking. She then responds, yes, no more thinking, you need to just do it. No more waiting. He tells Michelle, he's on his way back. I know where to go now. Michelle asks, where? And he says, a parking lot. There's going to be no cars there at nine, so that's when I'll be found. She says, okay, perfect, and asks, when will you be home? He says, 10 minutes, and then asks, haha, that's perfect, question mark? And she says, okay, and well, yeah, I don't know. He says, like, I don't want to kill anyone else with me. And she says, you won't. And he asks, when they open the door? And she says, they won't know it's odorless and colorless. She then says, you're overturning. They will see the generator and realize you breathed in CO. Conrad then asks, so, should I keep it in the back seat or in front? Michelle then says, in front, you could write on a piece of paper and tape it on saying carbon monoxide or something if you're scared. He says, I was thinking that, but someone might see it before it actually happens. Michelle then says, well, wait, the generator is going to be on because you'll be passed out so they'll know you used carbon poisoning. Again, these are all text messages on July 12th, 2014. We started at uh, 4 in the morning. We're now at about 5 p.m. Michelle asks, it's not loud, is it? Carter then says, not really. LMAO, indicating that he's laughing. Michelle says, okay, good. She then asks three minutes later, are you gonna do it now? Conrad then says, I'm home. She says, okay. Conrad then texts her, ah, and she says, what? He then responds, I don't know, I'm stressing. 
She says, you're fine. It's going to be okay. You just got to do it, babe. You can't think about it. Conrad then says, okay, okay, I got this. She then says, yes, you do. I believe in you. Did you delete the messages? She asks him, did you delete the messages? He then says, yes, but you're going to keep messaging me? She then says, I will until you turn on the generator. He then says, okay, well, I'm bringing my sisters for ice cream. She then asks, so will you do it when you get back? Yep, I'll go right there. She says, okay. He says, love you. She says, I love you so much. They send each other smiley faces and hearts. Then Conrad asks Michelle, haha, what are you doing? She says, nothing really, just resting. He says, okay, haha, I'm procrastinating. She then says, yeah, haha, I know, are you back? He says, yep. So then she says, so it's time. He says, oh, it's been time. She asks, are you going to do it now? And then Conrad says, I just don't know how to leave them, you know? He really didn't want to do it. She says, say you're going to the store or something. He says, like, I want them to know I love them. She says, they know. That's one thing they definitely know. She then says, you're overthinking. Conrad then says, I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. She then says, I know you just have to do it like you said. Eight minutes go by and then she follows up with another text. Are you going to do it now? He responds, I haven't left yet. Ha ha. Michelle says, why? He then says, leaving now. She tells him, okay, you can do this. Conrad says, okay, I'm almost there. She says, okay. Then we have these text messages three hours later from Michelle. Please answer me. I'm scared. Are you okay? I love you. Please answer. You're at your dad's. Camden told me. I'll get you help soon, I guess. I thought you actually did it. This isn't the first time that Michelle Carter has tried to get him to do something that is harmful to himself in the times that he was feeling the lowest. Two years earlier, a little bit after they met, at one point in time, she told him to drink some bleach and she also told him to take a bottle of Tylenol. Michelle Carter was indicted and arraigned in February 2015 in the Bedford Juvenile Court in Towton, Massachusetts on charges of involuntary manslaughter. The grand jury found enough to charge her with wantonly and recklessly assisting a suicide. She was 17 years old at the time and the court indicted her as a youthful offender rather than a juvenile, meaning she could be sentenced as an adult. On June 5, 2017, the day before the trial was scheduled to begin, Michelle Carter waived her rights for a jury trial. Therefore, the case was handed to a judge, Judge Lawrence Munez, in the Bristol County Juvenile Courts of Massachusetts in Towton. Michelle and her lawyers, Joseph P. Cataldo and Corey Madeira, were trying to argue that Michelle, Texas, were protected under the First Amendment and that the text history show that Conrad had been contemplating suicide without Michelle's help. The judge declined that offer. Lynn Roy, she testified that on the last day of Conrad's life, he was in a good frame of mind. He was eating tortilla chips and guacamole on the way to the beach. 
On June 16, 2017, the judge found Michelle Carter guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, not having that one person I've been with every day since birth here and more is a pain that I will always that I'll always keep with me for the rest of my life. Not having my brother always going to be there for me and knowing that will always haunt me. Knowing I'll never be an aunt to Conrad's children or get to see him getting married is something I never thought I would have to live with. He gave me an amazing 13 years being my best friend and the best role model. Any little sister could ask for. Not a day goes by with, without him being my first thought waking up and my last thought going to bed. Throughout those 13 years with him, I have countless amazing memories that will always be with me. From stuffed animals fights in his bedroom, to him trying to teach me how to throw a football, catch a baseball, and shoot a basketball, to pick me up in his truck whenever I needed him. It's crazy to think that whenever I needed him, he was always there for me. But it's even crazier that now, whenever I need him, he'll never be there for me. And again, I wouldn't trade those short years I've had with him by my side for the world. I'll never get over this pain I feel every day, but I know that he loved me more than any big brother ever could. Conrad Roy Jr., R-O-Y. I am Conrad Roy Jr. I am Conrad Roy III's father. I cannot begin to describe the despair I feel over the loss of my son. Perhaps I could ask you to imagine the worst emotional pain you have ever experienced multiply it to an infinite number of times. <laughs> I am heartbroken. Our family is heartbroken. My son was my best friend. Through the height of his depression, I was by his side trying to build his spirits and to affect his behavior positively, striving to lead him towards the bright future that was before him. <laughs> as late as July 6, 2014, we were towing a fireworks barge back from Falmouth and Coco drove the tugboat through the hurricane barrier by himself, with only the guide of a proud father watching over him. <laughs> Coco was my first mate. In our future, I envisioned, envisioned teaching him more skills and sharing my knowledge with him. Coco was sensitive, loving, intelligent, compassionate. He was a member of a supportive and wonderful family. His sisters adored him, and he was an excellent older brother. <laughs> Although he did have some psychological troubles, we all felt that he was heading in the right direction and over the worst of it. Time and positive support from family and friends were critical to his emotional well-being. He had such a bright future. Michelle Carter exploited my son's weaknesses and used him as a pawn in her own well-being. She has not shown any remorse. The fact that my son was convicted Convinced, sorry, to kill himself makes his death unimaginable. How could Michelle Carter behave so viciously and encourage my son to end his life? Where was her humanity? In what world is his behavior okay and acceptable? Coco is missed beyond measure. His family misses him. His sisters miss him. His friends miss him. And I miss him. The last words I said to my son was I love you. And Coco said, I love you too. I miss him every moment of every day. This is the statement Michelle put together for the family at her sentencing. 
He told me he was going to do it soon and stuff. I just never believed him because every night when he said he was going to do it, he didn't. So that night when he actually did it, I couldn't believe it. I was talking to him on the phone when he killed himself, Lib. I heard him die. I just wish I got him more help. I wish I could have called someone to stop him that night. He would have probably did it a different night, but at least I would have got more time with him. At the end of the day, I just really miss him. He was who I talked to until 3 a.m., and now he's just gone. But his mom called me today. She found a suicide letter he wrote to me. He didn't write one to anyone else. His mom said I was the most important person in his life, so to know that just means so much to me. This court first finds that the Commonwealth has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that the actions taken by Ms. Carter as to the period from June 30th to July 12th constituted wanton and reckless conduct by her. It is apparent to this court in reviewing the evidence that Mr. Roy was struggling with his issues and seeing a way to address them and took significant actions of his own toward that end. His research was extensive. He spoke of it continually. He secured the generator. He secured the water pump. He researched how to fix the generator. He located his vehicle in an unnoticeable area and commenced his attempt by starting the pump. When Ms. Carter realizes that Mr. Roy has exited the truck, she instructs him to get back into the truck, which she has reason to know is or is becoming a toxic environment inconsistent with human life. She is mindful that the process in the truck will take approximately 15 minutes. This court finds that instructing Mr. Roy to get back in the truck constituted willful and reckless, I'm sorry, wanton and reckless conduct by Ms. Carter, creating a situation where there is a high degree of likelihood that substantial harm would result to Mr. Roy. Ms. Carter knows through her own admission that Mr. Roy has followed her instruction. As she indicates in various text messages subsequently created to some of her friends, she indicates that she can hear him coughing and she can hear the loud noise of the motor. Consequently, this court has found that the Commonwealth has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Ms. Carter's actions and also her failure to act where she had a self-created duty to Mr. Roy since she had put him into that toxic environment constituted each and all wanton and reckless conduct. And this court further finds that the Commonwealth has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that said conduct caused the death of Mr. Roy. Having reviewed the evidence and applied the law thereto, now finds you guilty on the indictment charging you with the involuntary manslaughter of the person Conrad Roy III. This court further finds that the Commonwealth has proven beyond a reasonable doubt 
that you are a youthful offender and you are a judge show at this time. You may be seated. That verdict is now recorded and it is in writing as well. He stated prior to his ruling that it was Michelle's phone call to Conrad when he was in his truck gassing himself, as described by Michelle Texas to friends, rather than preceding text messages that caused him to go through with killing himself. The judge found that Conrad had broken the chain of causation towards his suicide when he exited the truck. Michelle urged Conrad to return back into the truck and it was her wanting and reckless encouragement that caused his death. After the verdict, Conrad Roy Jr., Conrad's father, stated publicly that the family was pleased with the verdict, but they wanted privacy. Michelle Carter remained free out on bail until her sentencing. On August 3, 2017, the judge sentenced Michelle Carter to serve a two and a half year term with 15 months to be served in the Bristol County House of Corrections and five years probation. And later that month, in August 2017, Lynn Roy, Conrad's mother, filed a $4.2 million wrongful death suit for the death of her son, Conrad, against Michelle Carter. Lynn Roy's attorney later reported as resolved without comment and which was dismissed with prejudice and without cost. This docket report appearance is consistent with the out-of-court settlement. I'm not sure if this was in the recording that I let you listen to earlier, the Texas that was going on between her and Conrad. I couldn't go back and listen to it a second time or not even a second time, but another time. But she actually said at one point, I'm not going to sleep until you are in the car with the generator on. She also said hanging is painless and it takes a second if you do it right. What the fuck was wrong with this bitch? Oh my God. Prosecutor said that she did this to get attention and to get friends, but baby, that's overrated for real. It's overrated. You know what bothers me about this whole case is that Conrad trusted Michelle enough to tell her his darkest secrets. And she looked at that as a weakness and she pounced on it. That's the reason alone that I tell very little people about my business. Because when some people see a weakness in you, they pounce on that. And you already feeling real shitty and then for somebody else to just start getting on you about it or talking to you about it or talking about you or it's just not right we just gotta vet people that's around us a little bit more than what we do because this was just not right it just wasn't right on february 11 2019 michelle carter began serving her sentence she had a parole hearing for early release and her request was denied on september 20th 2019 Damn, she wasn't even in there a year. She needs to suck it up like she told Conrad. Damn. On January 23rd, 2020, Michelle Carter was released from prison more than three months early due to good conduct. Massachusetts law allows inmates to reduce their sentence by 10 days per month for exemplary behavior. Michelle served 11 months and 12 days of her 15-month sentence. Right after the sentencing, on June 16, 2017, 48 Hours aired a piece about this case called Death by Text, 
and Lynn Roy appeared on it and I'm gonna let you hear what she said. I don't understand why you would want someone that was so beautiful inside and out, that had so much, that was such a kind person to die. How do you describe what this young woman did? I cannot. Only, only she, she can. He's one of the kindest persons. He grew up very sensitive, very humble and kind, and very happy. Many pictures of him smiling, laughing, until he became a teenager, and I don't know if it was the hormones. He just, you know, became anxious. I think he was just more worried about me. That's what boys do. They worry about their moms um, a lot. I think she needs to be uh, held responsible for her actions because she knew exactly what she was doing. On September 23rd, 2018, Lifetime released a telefilm entitled Conrad and Michelle, If Words Can Kill. On February 8th, 2019, Dateline on NBC released an episode called Reckless. On July 9th, 2019, HBO released a two-part documentary on the case called I Love You, Now Die, The Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. The same week as the documentary was released, Michelle Carter's lawyer submitted a petition to the Supreme Court to consider her encouragement to commit suicide as protected speech. On August 15, 2019, it was announced that Universal Cable Productions was developing a television series inspired by the case. On April 7, 2020, the series would be titled The Girl from Plainsville, which would be on Hulu. And that's what I watched. And I got to admit, as of right now, this recording, I haven't seen the whole series. I only seen like a couple of episodes. It's kind of disturbing, but, and I guess since I already know the outcome, and this case is disturbing anyway, so I guess that's why it's so hard for me to get through. But I'm going to get back to it. And while I'm thinking about the Hulu series, before I forget, she had a fundraiser in her town 30 or 40 miles away from all of his family and friends. She had a fundraiser in her town and she also opened up a Facebook group. And yeah, it it does kind of look like that she did it just for some sort of sympathy from her friends. Because if she was really doing something for a victim, you would have it in the place where all of his friends and family resided or yeah, so. And finally, on May 7, 2021, the band Skinned, S-K-Y-N-D, known for their true crime-inspired music, released a single called Michelle Carter based on the events of this case. Skin commented on the wall of sound saying she could have helped him, but instead she repeated herself over and over again, telling Conrad to kill himself. I'm going to link that in the show notes just so you can hear it. I don't know if I could post it here. So I was looking up this song and I looked and this is literally what this band does. The true crime inspired music. They have songs on Chris Watts, Columbine, Jim Jones, Tyler Hadley, Richard Ramirez, Kathleen Knight, John Wayne Gacy, they they have, this is their catalog, I guess. So, hey, I guess since nobody's doing it, find a need and fill it, I guess. 
Roy Conrad's funeral was held on Saturday, July 19, 2014 at St. Anthony's Church in Mattapoisette. Conrad Roy's body was cremated and his family released his ashes into the ocean. The Captain Conrad H. Roy III Scholarship Fund at the Northeast Maritime Institution in Fairhaven, Massachusetts was established in his memory. In conclusion, the Michelle Carter case marks a pivotal moment in legal history leaving a lasting impact on discussions surrounding the power of words, personal responsibility, and the intersection of technology with matters of life and death. Michelle Carter was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter for her role in the tragic death of Conrad Roy III, with the court ruling that her coercive and encouraging text messages played a significant role in his decision to take his own life. This landmark case not only set a legal precedent, but also prompts society to reflect on the ethical implications of virtual communications and the potential consequences of influencing someone's mental state from a distance. It also underscores the need to navigate the delicate balance between free speech and responsibility that comes with it, especially in the evolving landscape of digital interaction. The Michelle Carter case serves as a stark reminder of the profound impact words can have transcending the boundaries of the physical world into the digital realm. It continues to stimulate discussions about the legal ramifications of emotional manipulations through technology, pushing society to grapple with the complexities of morality and accountability in an increasingly interconnected world. This week's On Our Missing Person segment, we're featuring Jamarion Dalton. Jamarion is 15 years old. He's a male, black hair, brown eyes. He's 5'5", 118 pounds. Jamarion was last seen in Dayton, Ohio on May 17, 2023. He was wearing a gray hoodie and black jeans. If anyone has any information regarding the whereabouts of Jamarion, please contact the Special Victims Unit at area code 614-525-3555 or you can contact Crime Stoppers at area code 614-645-4749 or visit the website at www.3ptips.com. Let's help bring Jamarion home to his family. All right, Donuts, I want to explain to you why I didn't upload anything in the month of December. Well, the month of December is the holiday season. Holiday season is the highest suicide rate of the year. And I felt that it would have been in bad taste for me to release. So since January is Mental Health Awareness Month, it kind of fit in perfectly so. And I didn't have any backup episodes ready. I just decided to take the whole month off. So yeah, that's the reason. But I do hope that you all had a safe and wonderful holiday and New Year's. So, all right. So, Donuts, that's it. That's the Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy's episode. It was difficult getting through it. But as I always say, the story just needs to be told. 
he shouldn't be forgotten. Oh, God. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button so you will never miss an episode. If you have any insight on this case or any other case that I've covered, or if you have any case suggestions, you can stay connected with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now YouTube. Or you can just go into the show notes, leave a voicemail, and that voicemail might show up on the next episode if you want it to. Also, before you go, please help support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, sharing it on social media, or you can just simply leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to me on right now. That helps the podcast grow. If this is your first time listening, I want to thank you and remind you don't go before you hit that subscribe button and that bell so you will get every episode when it's released. Also, Donuts, I am now on YouTube. I was able to upload most of my episodes onto the youtube channel which will be linked in the show notes if you happen to be listening to me on youtube right now hit that thumbs up and the bell to let youtube know that you enjoyed this episode you enjoyed this podcast you enjoy me because i enjoy you <laughs> all of the pictures found concerning this case is going to be on the instagram channel fried dough podcast all of the episodes won't be available on YouTube because of YouTube guidelines. So you will have to get the ones that you haven't listened to yet on a podcast platform such as Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, CastBox, Google Podcasts, any podcast platform. All of the episodes will be located there. So until next time, Donuts, please stay safe, stay vigilant, and always, always, always trust your instincts. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255 or text the word CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 741-741. That is the National Crisis Text Line. Please always know that you are not alone. You don't have to suffer in silence.